Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Now, another podcast made in a garage, this one belonging to a couple living in Mount Monganui. Sam and Stacey Hurley started up movie reviews in 20 Qs back in 2016. And on each episode, they invite their friends and fellow podcasters on to answer 20 questions about a film, with questions and answers that tend towards the funny and the offbeat. So, to use a few safe-for-work examples, how long would you survive in this movie's world? What characters would you take with you on a road trip? And how would you incorporate Nicolas Cage into the storyline? Each episode gets thousands of listeners, the vast majority of them based in the US, and I'll speak to Sam, the film nerd in the relationship, in just a moment. First, though, here's a taster with the 1988 film Die Hard as the subject. Sam and Stacey are joined by fellow podcasters Paul from the Countdown podcast and Gidget from Retro Cinema. That's a show dedicated to films of the 80s. And the question is, who would star in Die Hard if you had to recast it without Bruce Willis? For me, if I was recasting it in the 80s, the other one that was a comedian that made the jump to action films and did them amazingly was Eddie Murphy. And this would have been roughly around the height of his powers. Yep. Coming after Beverly Hills Cop and 48 Hours and all those ones. So, yeah, yeah, that's yep. who I'd take. I, I really struggle to think of someone nowadays that I'd recast this with. I just don't feel like there's anyone mm. out there. There's no real everyman who's slightly beefcakey, but not like Arnold beefcakey. There's no... Well, hang on. If I can launch off that, Sam, because we actually did a recasting of Die Hard and we did it as if it were being remade today about two and a half years ago on the show. And my answer then was Matt Damon because he's a bit more relatable than most of these action heroes. Even as Jason Bourne, he wasn't quite so ridiculously over the top and, and superhuman compared to, I think anyway, the, the everyday person. Besides, the really the only, I think the only action hero star we have today is The Rock, and we've already seen his version of Die Hard called Skyscraper, oh, and it's it. <laughs> <laughs> Funny you mentioned Matt Damon, because for some reason that line is burnt in my head out of 40-Year-Old Virgin, where Paul Rudd is watching Jason Bourne, and he's like, man, I always thought Damon was a f***ing Streisand, but he's kicking ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good pick, though, because he was great as Bourne. He does come across as the everyday sort of man. He's not super ripped or anything like that. So, no. yeah. Yeah, I could see yeah, that. No, yeah, that's a good pick. Thanks. I would pick uh, R.I.P. Bill Paxton. Oh, yeah. Good yeah, old Bill. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Back in the 80s for sure. Yep. Yep. Back in his aliens days. You know, he played a Marine, but he can also represent the everyday man. So that's that's who I'd pick. Nice. Yeah, good Thank answers. You. Well done, guys. I didn't actually have an answer for this, but as soon as you said beefcake, Sam, guess what popped into my head? Chris Hemsworth. as as, uh, John McClane (laughs) somewhere right now some studio executive's assistant has gone ooh and gone straight to their boss and I bet you within the next two to three years 
we're going to see a Die Hard rebooted with Chris Hemsworth because they've already tried with one Australian of Joy Courtney. They're oh going to God. <laughs> no, 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 no. Cancel that. Let's forget about that. And they'll, and they'll get Margot Robbie to play uh, his wife. Yeah. yeah. I'm all right with that. <laughs> Hugh Jackman as Hans Gruber. Yeah. No, sorry, Hugh Jackman can't. He's just announced a world tour singing for the next year. Oh, oh yeah, true. And he's kind of, yeah, I don't know, does he play a baddie? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he did in Prisoners. Yeah. Okay. Sort of. Sort of, yeah. And here's the movie reviews in 20Q's duo talking to their mate Spanky about the animated film Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. That moves us right along to my second question, question number 18. We've got a Spider-Man, we've got an Ant-Man, we've got like Hawkman and and DC. Um, Black Widow. We've got a Black Widow. We've got all sorts of... uh, Black Panther. We've got a Rhino and a Black Panther. (laughs) Vulture. Vulture, yeah. It sounds like we're not going to have very many options here for you guys (laughs) to invent your own uh, animal-based superhero for yourself, obviously. Catwoman. (laughs) For me, this one is easy. I did a quick Google to see which animals have superpowers because you know how Spider-Man sort of gets spider powers. And I noticed that the salamander has regenerative abilities. So I want to be Samalander. (laughs) Samalander (laughs) ding-dong. Would you have a tail? Yeah, why not? I'd I'd have regenerative abilities. So I'd be like Wolverine, but I'd also be like a salamander. Samalander ding-dong. And you don't move in like, you know, like you move like sideways by doing that sideways shuffly thing. I can if I want. Yeah, yeah. why not? Yeah, what crawl up corners of walls and shit. Yeah. What is a salamander? So like a lizard. Oh. Lizard. There's another <laughs> lizard, lizard man. man. <laughs> well, there it is, a lizard. Yeah. But okay. yeah, salamander. That'd be me. Okay, I'm going with something I've never heard of. Hopefully, it doesn't exist. And that is a glowworm-based superhero. <laughs> right. And there it is. There's the what. The Moments of the podcast. Here is the rival to Squirrel Girl. Yeah. <laughs> it's Glowworm Girl. Yeah. Glowworm. So what do you do? At night time you bring if, brightly well, so that bad yeah. guys can find you. No, well, you could team up with like Ant-Man and you could provide the lighting system for Ant-Man. <laughs> and the lighting <laughs> Yeah, glow, glow, by glowing. Maybe you could kill people with the brightness of your glow. Holy shit. Here we go. Yeah. Here we go. Like I'm going to join the Avengers. It, what are you going to do? I'm going to light their hallways. <laughs> no. I'm going to make sure everyone can make it to the toilet at night. <laughs> no, it's brighter. Quick, Dr. Doom's attacking, brighter but I can't find my car keys. No, get in here, glowworm girl. So I asked Sam Hurley why he started up the podcast. One day I went and saw a interview, or sort of like a, a night with Kevin Smith, the film director, and he sort of was basically saying to anyone in the crowd, you know, if you've got an idea or anything, just go out and do it. Just don't listen to anyone else. You know, just do it. Just make it happen and, you know, don't listen to the naysayers, basically. So I used to talk about wanting to start a podcast for ages, and then my wife, I was originally going to do it with one of my friends, Spanky and Emma, and then my wife just got sick of it and was just like, look, if you're going to do one, let's just do one. I'll do it. And I was like, why do you have no interest in movies whatsoever? And she was like, no, no, I'll do it, okay? Well, the, the whole gimmick will be, I, I won't know anything about movies. You'll know too much. People will relate to me. They'll think you're a nerd. And I was like, okay, yep, that's fine. Yeah, I can I can do that. So we started with that idea, but then we sort of thought, well, there's a million other movie podcasts out there, and they all seem to be doing the same thing. So why don't we do something different? Why don't we ask 20 questions about a movie? And we'll make it... Rather than like what are the themes or the thoughts and emotions and stuff like that that you you think the director's trying to convey to you or anything like that, we'll try and keep it really simple. So we'll say, you know, what flavor pizza is this movie or 
you know, what character this movie needs to get laid or something like that. You want to just keep it like really sort of accessible to people out there so they can sort of tune in, listen and like basically hear a couple of normal people talk about movies, basically. And it's probably quite good having Stacey involved because the conversation then isn't just a quite geeky or esoteric one about the intricacies <laughs> of a certain bit of sci-fi or something. Well, they do have a lot of animated Star Wars out there that oh, you don't look that interested in checking out, by the no. way, your face is turned. <laughs> no, but... She kind of constantly seems to bring you down to earth a bit and say, well, wait a minute. Yeah, that, that pretty much sums it up. I mean, I can pontificate about how you know, French New Wave cinema completely changed Hollywood into the 70s. And I can talk about how Kurosawa is, like, even as undiscovered gems as some of his best films and all that sort of stuff. And I even find it now because I've, I've grown up as a massive Marvel nerd and obviously all the Marvel movies are really popular now. So I love doing them. And she'll often cut me off halfway through. It's like, no one cares. Absolutely no one cares. <laughs> Ooh, and the only people cool. that do care already know, so you don't need to tell them the same things they know. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I just threw this one in as a bit of fun. We all loved Bruce Willis in this role, but <laughs> let's just recast him for fun. You're trying to give us a mental breakdown. You even told me this when you were coming out with this question. You were like... But that's some of the charm, isn't it? She's coming at it with oh, a totally. totally different take to you. That's the key, I guess. Yeah, and that's it's sort of been the one of the big driving forces of our popularity is the number of like female listeners that we get that message us and say my favorite episodes are the Stacey episodes because she actually comes from a point of view that most of us have when we watch a movie, which is watch the movie, enjoy it, move on, not, you know, let it, you know, go around in your head a million times and then Don't make a it podcast about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Totally, exactly. So how long did it take for you to kind of have the idea and think Look, we're going to do something a bit different to actually making a podcast that from scratch – it must be quite a daunting prospect to getting it out there and then getting people listening to it and spreading the popularity of it by word of mouth. That doesn't happen overnight, does it? Absolutely not. No, absolutely not. We Our very first one we did, which is, which is literally just a sort of trial run of three of us are sitting around an iPhone in my lounge, like, okay, yeah, let's try this out. Let's see if this works. And I listened back to it and I was like, okay, the content's really good, you know, but the sound quality and all that sort of stuff's pretty average, but we can work on that. Now we've just got to work out, does anyone else out there actually really enjoy the sound of our voices or the points we have to make? And, like, it, it is scary. It's terrifying. You put stuff out there, you've got no idea what people think and all this other stuff. And, like, admittedly, for the first, oh, six months or so, you know, we were getting, like, maybe 100 listens a week and we were like, what are we doing this for? And I always said to Stacey, I was like, look, if, if we get one random person in the world, contact us and go, hey, I listened to your podcast. I found it really funny. I really enjoy it then I, f I feel like we've had a success. And she was like, okay. And then we got that. And then that sort of snowballed into the point we are now, which quite randomly a political journalist in Turkey wrote an article about us. And normally she covers Trump and all his downfall and Brexit and all that sort of stuff. But she then turned around and she's got 45,000 followers on Twitter or something like that and wrote an article about how we're one of her favorite podcasts to listen to. And I was like, what is going on here? Like, <laughs> and it seems, it seems like that now every time is – Every time we sort of move up the ranks and start getting more popular and stuff, it, it just it flummoxes me. I, I go on and, you know, I have people arguing with me about my choices that I made and, you know, the yeah. answers I gave to questions and stuff like that. And, and like, I, I love it because it's a, that's a sort of engagement of um, people that we want. And it's, yeah, it's taken us two years or so to get to the point we are now. We had like a sort of six-month break and, yeah, it's gone from tens of listens to hundreds of listens to thousands of listens and, yeah, we, we just can't get over it. Yeah. Okay, question number three. What deep philosophical debate arose in you during this film, Sam? How would I react if I came face-to-face -face with me? Another version of me. 
Do you have a sense of how the popularity spread? I mean, is, has it kind of been geographical? It's gone over to Australia and it's been a kind of ripple or has someone suddenly got onto it over in America? And then do you have any sense of, of how the popularity of it's built and why? Yeah, yeah. The geographical disbursement is um, quite interesting because of the podcast hosts we've got, they can sort of break down the stats for you. And I'd say 85% of our listeners are now American. And I'd say about 5% are New Zealanders and 5% are also Australians. And then the other, you know, sort of 5% or whatever is just a broad mix of UK, um, Canada, places like that. And that's that's the funny part because we, you know, New Zealand entertainment has been notorious over in America and England for not catching on because everyone hates the sound of our accents. So me and Stacey were incredibly fearful of that, of like, are America going to enjoy this? Are they really going to like hearing a sort of nasally monotone accent person talk about movies? But yeah, no, it seems like it's working out well. <laughs> and I guess the, the the thing is that you have got a distinctive voice. You do stand apart from the crowd because, you know, let, let's be honest, there are lots of movie other movie podcasts out there, but what you're doing sounds different and it's a different approach. It's a different format. Yeah, exactly. There's only there's very few sort of New Zealand movie podcasts, is what we've discovered. Because, like, part of this is we, we were very lucky early on that a couple of Australian podcasts started sharing us and retweeting us, and then have had us on the show and stuff like that. And then as a result, some of their fans have sort of come over to become our fans. And so we've always tried to look for other New Zealand podcasts out there to try and support and stuff. But there's not very many. There's the worst idea of all time is probably the most popular one. That's one of the most popular New Zealand podcasts that's ever happened, I think. But that's Tim Batten, Guy Montgomery, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And they're very much on the hit list of people that I'll eventually get on the show if yeah. I get a chance. So you've got thousands of listeners every episode, but is it making you any money? I mean, you've still got another job, haven't you? Yeah, exactly. I still work full time. Uh, we now have a Patreon. We have people that give us money to basically appear and, you know, have their question in the show and the first 10 questions. And we've got a couple of other little ones and stuff like that. And that's really the only way to make money from podcasting, I've discovered. Like, you can run ads and get sponsors and all that sort of stuff. And we've actually been sort of approached by a couple of sponsors. But at the moment, we really like how we've got control over it. We like how we're able to put out a product that only we have a say in it. Because that's another thing, too. We've been approached by a couple of networks that are like, we would like to put you on our podcast thing. And it's sort of the same thing. They're like, you know, all we need from you is regular content. That's all we need. And, you know, and that sort of stuff. But what we like at the moment is the flexibility that, you know, if we're not feeling it one week or we can't be bothered going to the movies or, you know, doing anything, we we aren't doing having to force ourselves through that. Like similar to what we were talking about before, you don't really want to force yourself through a movie because yeah. typically those are the worst episodes. We've scrapped a couple where I've listened back to them. I'm like, who the hell would want to listen to this? I don't want to listen to this. So... So there's um there there are sort of avenues to making money from podcasting and we're yeah we're now making like a little bit but not heaps yeah we're certainly not going to quit our day jobs over it yeah and can you see podcasting becoming a full time gig I mean we always there does seem to be a lot of money washing around the industry do you think I mean it's a growth area or it seems like it is do you think that realistically one day this could be a full time gig for you or is it just very much a passion project something you really enjoy doing. Yeah, it's, it's very much a passion project. It's um, similar to what I was talking about. If, if we get one person that's you know says they like the podcast, it's the same for me. Is like if you if I do this and I put it out there and I don't lose any money on it, then I'm happy with that. And luckily now we're at a point where there's enough people supporting us to that we're now covering the cost of our gear and all that sort of stuff and hosting and still making enough money to actually go to the movies and see these and review these for people. So we're happy at the moment. I can't imagine. Unless we, you know, sort of blow up like the Joe Rogan experience or um, <laughs> WTF like Mark Maron or something like yeah. that. Unless you start hitting that really next level, I can't see quitting my day job and sitting in a room talking about movies all day as much as I'd like to. But yeah. 
And who are some of the guests that you'd love to have on the show? Just imagine budget is no object, profile no no object. Well, yeah, as I mentioned, when I saw Kevin Smith, he gave the talk and I've always felt like it'd be great to have him on. Um, He's I'll, the guy that directed Clarks, isn't he? And uh, Among, yeah, among lots it. of other things, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he, he's very much an indie filmmaker, and he's also a, a huge podcaster as well. He's got a couple of shows he gets on and all this other stuff. Um, unfortunately, there's a lot of people that were inspired by him, so if you ever go on his Twitter, he's got about 17,000 people tweeting at him every day asking him to go on their podcast for them. So I think eventually it would be nice to actually sort of put something together. And then Taika Waititi is another really obvious choice. I mean, he's, you know, like at the top of New Zealand's film game at the moment. We were lucky to have a sort of protege of his, Jackie Van Beek, who... Uh, along with Madeline Sammy directed um, The Breaker Rappers last year. So that was really cool. She came on an episode and we threw as many bizarre questions at, at her <laughs> as we could. So so she was pretty good. So I, I think now that we're starting to do that, I think we're going to start approaching some of these people. But those two, and then Peter Jackson, obviously, as well. He'd, yeah, he'd be uh, the ultimate, I reckon. Yeah. Sam Hurley of the Movie Reviews in 20Q's podcast. Thanks for listening to the podcast hour from RNZ. If you're finding it helpful to find new stuff to listen to, then please do consider rating or reviewing us with as many stars as you can manage wherever you get your podcasts from and tell your friends and family about us too. And if you're writing a review, then do let us know what you like about the show or how it could be improved. So if you'd like to hear longer clips, more interviews with the people making the shows that we feature, and if four shows is about the right number to highlight each week, that kind of stuff, it would be really helpful to know. Thanks a lot. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.